It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Can you believe this shit? We can all believe this shit. We all saw it coming from the moment this game started to Ozzie Albies hitting just an absolute bomb of a three-run home run. The New York Mets have put the perfect, perfect cap on this embarrassing, humiliating, choke job of a sweep we've all witnessed against the Atlanta Braves. Now, most of us feared this. We were worried about this. The Braves just putting a shovel to our chances of winning the National League East. But could anybody have predicted before this series started, they'd blow a three-run leading game one, they blow a three-run lead in game two. And then what they did to us in the finale of this series was just cruel and unusual punishment. They blow a four-run lead. They blow a three-run lead in the eighth. They blow a one-run lead with one out in the ninth inning. And you could take your pick on who you want to start complaining about. Let's start with the million-dollar man himself, Justin Verlander, who sucked. Now, the game took four hours, so you forget that. You think about David Robertson. You think about Tommy Hunter. You think about bases loaded one out in the ninth, and you do nothing. You think about doing nothing in the 10th inning with the ghost runner on second base. But Justin Verlander, when the Mets needed him the most, after Max Scherzer took a giant dump on the Mets' chances in game two of this series, from the get-go, Verlander was awful. It's as if Justin Verlander thinks pitching for the Mets means pitching in the World Series every five days because that's how he's pitched, like crap, like it's the World Series. But I'm still comatose from this because as much as I sat there for three and a half hours expecting doom, like waiting for doom, like waiting for the destruction of this game, kind of thinking to myself, how are we going to blow it? Pete and I were texting each other. I tweeted it out. How many runs is this team going to need to win this game? That was like the billion-dollar question. You know, they're up 6-3. They're up 6-5. They're up 8-5. They're up 9-5. They're up 9-6. They're up 10-6. And I wasn't sure what that number would be. Like, what would that number be where you would feel comfortable winning this game? 20? 18? 16? 9? 37? So we're not idiots. We're not stunned that this happened. But as you're watching it, expecting it to happen, they find new ways to kick you in the balls. David Robertson 
is two outs away from securing what would have been the biggest win of the year. And I promise you, if the Mets had won this game, I would not have come on the Rico Bronia and said, we're back. We figured it out. We're good. It would have just been a sigh of relief kind of win. Like, okay, we got to win in Atlanta. Let's move the hell on. The same problems persist. But instead, it's like all of those great wins we witnessed a year ago, we're getting our comeuppance now. Because now we're dealing with brutal loss after brutal loss after brutal loss. For this team to go to Atlanta for the first time since a year ago when they got swept embarrassingly and actually find a way to get swept in a more pathetic way, to actually find a way for your starting pitchers, for your billion-dollar starting pitchers to actually suck more this time than last year is incredible. It is mind-boggling. And it is only fitting that in the 10th inning, after we all knew this game was over, I mean, look, as soon as Orlando Arcia tied the game, we all knew the game was over. Then the Mets can't score in the 10th inning. We really know the game is over. But Tommy Hunter, who I, I we all forgot was on the team, hasn't pitched in a week and a half, decided to give us all blue balls. He decided, I'm going to tease all you suckers. I'm going to get Austin Riley out for only the second time tonight. I'll walk Travis Darno. I'll do that. Smart move. I'll get Eddie Rosario out. And just when you think, wow, the Mets are going to be able to escape the 10th. They're going to have the heart of the order up in the 11th inning. They made it past Rysel Iglesias. Maybe they hit Nick Anderson. Maybe they put together a, a, a big inning. Just as you're actually putting that stupid thought in your brain, freaking Ozzy Albies crushes one. Crushes one. We don't even have to look. I mean, you could just shut the TV off. I promptly just stormed out of the bedroom and said, you know what I'm doing? I'm recording a Rico. But I'm comatose from this crap. This is just, it, it's, I'd say it's unbelievable, but it's not unbelievable. They find new ways to lose. Now the offense wakes up. Justin Verlander takes a giant turd all over the Met chances. The Met bullpen, which we know is not that good, is somehow asked to get 18 outs. And really, nobody pitched well. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, guys weren't terrible, but nobody was really good. Steven Nagosik, okay, got through the fourth inning, got a big double play of Ozzy Albies, but he gave up a home run to Marlos, Marcelo Zuna. He gave up a double to Michael Harris. Jeb Brigham comes in. I guess he was actually their best reliever. <laughs> Jeff Brigham actually came in and did all right. He only gave up one hit, and it was an infield hit. So he was all right. Brooks Raleigh comes in, immediately gives up an inherited run. Drew Smith comes in, gets a huge double play of Acuna. What does he do in the eighth inning? Uh, what he always does. How could Drew Smith have an outing without giving up a home run on an off-speed pitch? That'd be illegal. Can't have that happen. Say so he comes in and gives up a home run to Travis Tharno. David Robertson comes in, does a good job at first, gives up the game tire to Orlando Arcia, and they got very lucky to get through it when Matt Olson hit one of the warning track, and then you had Tommy Hunter. So it was a collective fail by the bullpen and Justin Verlander. <laughs> the Mets spend $90 million on these two mercenary piece of craps who've done nothing. Like, Max Scherzer's pretended to do something because his overall numbers are good and he's had some really good starts. But think about what he did last year. We went over it last year. 
Max Scherzer pitched well, missed a big chunk of time, and then when they needed him the most against the Atlanta Braves and then in the playoffs against the Padres, he wasn't bad. He was awful. What does he do in game two of this series? You know what? I'm going to save it. I'm going to save Rip and Scherzer for a little bit later. Let me focus on Verlander. So here's Justin Verlander. He has made six starts as a New York Met. Two of them have been bloody awful. Three of them have been good. One of them's okay. He's coming off a performance at City in which he throws a million pitches. Great. He battled. He gave up that first pitch home run to George Springer. He ended up pitching well. What does he do today with this team facing a five-game losing streak, facing the Atlanta Braves, a rival that has just bitch-slapped them for the for basically our entire lives? And that's all they've done is just destroy us. What does Justin Verlander do? Three pitches into the game, he gives up a double. Then he gives up a line-out. Matt Olson hit the ball like a rocket ship. Then he gives up a home run to Austin Riley. Then he gives up two more hits and somehow fights through the first inning fights through trouble in the second inning. Now he can't throw strikes in the third, and the only compliment I'll give him in that third inning as his pitch count started to balloon up is I thought when he walked Acuna on four pitches, and at that point in the third inning, I guess it made it six to five. So it made it a one-run game. The bases are loaded for Matt Olson. I thought he was just going to give it all up. Like I thought, okay, that five-run second inning was fun. That insurance run in the third was fun. Verlander's giving it all back. I was actually stunned when he struck out Matt Olson. But what a dud of a performance by the $45 million man. He pitches three innings. He walks four guys. He gives up seven hits. He gives up five runs. One of them's unearned because Starling Marte, God knows what he was doing in right field, overruns a base hit to right. But Verlander stunk. And I know we only have these seven games to look at from Justin. We have a bigger sample size with Max. But think about how awful all of these guys have been. And as this is happening, you know, during the commercial breaks, I was live on this game. I read an article, and it shouldn't have pissed me off. It shouldn't have annoyed me. But I read this little blurb by John Heyman in which an unnamed Met source said, hey, look what happened to Jake. It was a no-brainer to not make him a serious offer. So now, now there's spike in the football that they didn't really want Jacob DeGrom back. And they were right about that, right? Obviously, the way things turned out. I don't want to hear anybody from the Met organization spike a football on any goddamn decision they've made. Because Justin Verlander, while he's pitching and he doesn't need Tommy John surgery, blows. Okay? So I don't want to hear about, oh, we were so smart. We didn't give DeGrom a five-year contract. Great! You gave this stiff $45 million a year. We're going to do this on another podcast where we talk about off-season moves, so I, I'll go back a year. You brilliant guys, and, and I'm wrong about it too, decided to give Max Scherzer all this money and not sign Kevin Gausman, who basically makes a start every five days and is better at this point in their career. I'm only bringing that up because that one douchey line in Heyman's article just pissed me off. Ha, we... You know, it's a no-brainer to let Jake go. Oh, yeah? Was it a no-brainer to give up Colin Holderman for Daniel Vogelback, you morons? Was it a no-brainer to give up five players for Darren Ruff? Was it a no-brainer to rely on two 
old Hall of Fame stiffs to lead this rotation? Was that no brand? Oh, is it brilliant? You guys are freaking geniuses. Guys, you know what you're doing. Shut up with that. So Verlander stunk. The bullpen, like, here's the thing. As I mentioned, no one was good. We could scream and yell about it. These guys aren't good. Like, Verlander pisses me off and Scherzer pisses me off because they're going to go to Cooperstown. Steven Nagosik being Steven Nagosik is Billy Epler's fault. Jeff Brigham is Billy Epler's fault. Brooks Rally is not bad, so I don't want to really piss on him. Drew Smith being a guy you trust in your bullpen, that's Billy Epler's fault. So I don't want to verbally attack them any more than I have to. So let's just get back to Verlander. Boy, big Justin Verlander. Come to New York with your stupid little thing on your chin, Hall of Fame resume, and all you've done is, let's face it, be mediocre. You have a 480 RA, but more than that, we need you to pitch well in the biggest moments. And this series against Atlanta, while it's only June, so far is your biggest moment. Justin Verlander, three innings, five runs, four earned. Max Scherzer, five and two-thirds innings, five runs. So let me just do some math here. That would be eight and two-thirds innings, ten runs, nine earned from the two Hall of Famers. That's what they did in Atlanta. Now, as far as the offense is concerned, look, we obviously knew that in the ninth inning, nursing a one-run lead with the bases loaded and one out, you have to score a run. Omar Narvaez has to put the bat on the ball. He did not. Mark Vientos, I know we all want him to play. He was abysmal offensively in this game, and it's okay to say that. He should still continue to play. He should still get an opportunity. It's certainly better than Daniel Vogelback, but 0 for 5 with three strikeouts including an 0-2 pitch right down the middle in the ninth inning, it was not good. So we can look at that sequence, and we could look at the sequence in the sixth inning where they had two on and one out for Beatty and say, hey, they missed opportunities. They left runs on the board. The problem is, I could say all that, they scored 10 runs. They scored a run every inning between the second and the sixth. They fought back after Verlander did what he did in the first by putting up five in the second, including the salami sandwich from Brandon Nemo. So I don't know how much energy any of us should spend ripping the offense, despite, yeah, them not doing much in the last four innings of the game. Yeah, they went 0 for their last 11 with runners in scoring position. Like, those are real things, and I'll bring them up. But my anger cannot be fully at an offense that scored 10 freaking runs. And for the second time this season, the Mets scored 10 runs in a game and lose. They did that one time all of last year, that wild game against the Giants. This year, they've done it twice. So I'm freaking comatose right now as the Mets have gotten swept by the Braves. They're three games under 500, and the world is crushing down. Pete, you have something to say? Uh, Yeah, the Mets made history today. By the way, I just want to let you know, I'm eating a big piece of cheese. So spread out. Tell us all your thoughts. All right. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to tell you that the Mets made history today for the first time in history. The Mets franchise, they have lost three consecutive games in which they've held a three, three run lead in each game. 
So that to me is just set the bar of of how crappy a stretch we're in right now. And by the way, I just want you to know something. I legitimately turned the game off after we could not score a run in the top of the tent. So my reaction to this loss it was hearing you vent. I had no idea we lost. I had no idea that Ozzy Alves hit a three-run home run, but I knew that they were going to lose because that's what I was watching. It was all a build-up to the worst horror movie I've ever seen in my entire life, and I'm sick and tired of it. And you want to sit there and say that Verlander and Scherzer, by the way, are the you know getting paid a ton of money, and I'm going to sit there and kill them. Well, guess what? It's not just on them. That's all Billy Epler too because I'm sorry, Billy Epler – has been given a blank freaking check to bring in whoever he possibly can to make this team great, and he's failed. He's Anybody could give Verlander and Scherzer a ton of money. That doesn't take a genius. I'm sorry. He has not done anything right at all, and it shows. And you're right. Today was not offensively an issue, but the bullpen, every single arm in there is garbage. Like like Robertson today took the first game to blow blow a game. It was a huge spot. It sucked. But besides him, everybody has been bad. They have a trash bullpen. I don't think there's any denying that. And David Robertson pitched out of his mind for the first two months of the season. But we knew inevitably he was not going to be Edwin Diaz for the full season. And that's another thing they broke this year. Uh, they had that streak of winning every game where they led after eight. That streaks out the window as they blew this game leading after eight. But David Robertson, who's been good, and I'm not throwing him away here, but there was no way he was going to continue to be flawless. And the difference between last year and this year is that you're going to sometimes blow games. Obviously, the timing of this was bad. You can still win. When the Mets are given a runner on second base with nobody out in the 10th inning and the top of the order coming up, you got to score a run. See, now you got me ripping the offense. Because I'm so pissed at everything. I mean, well, well I'm thinking I, about that. Can I, can I tell you something? Like, an Alfred two huge bombs today. It was great to see. But I have, I feel like I'm in Little League again. The, the amount of the amount of pitches, strike three guys are just looking at and not swinging, and they're striking out. Like, they're down the freaking plate. It's not like it just hit the corner. They're down the plate, and Alvarez is watching strike three. Vientos is watching strike three. Like, what the hell are they looking at? Well, they also struck out a ton today. So despite scoring all the runs that they scored, the Mets, who are generally a low strikeout team, struck out 16 times in this game. And you mentioned it. A lot of them were looking. Mark Viento struck out twice looking. Francisco Alvarez struck out. I think it was only one time looking. But there were a bunch of looking strikeouts in this game. It, it's It's tough. Alvarez, and we shouldn't ignore it, hit two home runs in this game. One of which was a bomb. The other one, I still can't believe, got out. Brandon Nimmo had a grand slam in this game. Francisco Lindor orchestrated a double steal and was on base three times in this game. Starling Marte had three hits in this game and drove in a run. Tommy Pham had a one big RBI double in this game. So there was some good offensive performances. Late, though, in the ninth and tenth, that was the missed opportunities. You have bases loaded, one out in the ninth. With a one-run lead, you've got to find a way to get one run across. And then the ghost runner. Like, the one thing we're learning about this ghost runner is when you're the road team and you got a runner on second, nobody out, tie game, obviously, you have to score a run. And Nimmo off the bat, I thought out a line drive base hit 
Unfortunately, it was right at Ozzy Albies. They actually almost doubled up Marcana into a double play. And then Alvarez and McNeil both strike out, and they do nothing against Racel Iglesias. But what this comes down to is it's another night where they find a way to lose. It's the opposite of last year in every sense of the word. They find ways to lose. The offense finally hits. The starting pitching and bullpen is off. 